Good morning, and peace be with you. Welcome to Casual Sunday. For those of you that haven't asked yet, why isn't the pastor in his robe? Well, there is a really good reason for that. My robe is in my car, and my car is at home, because we're going to fill up David's car with gasoline after service today. So anyway, just kind of a comedy of huh this morning. So sorry, but here we go. So uh, we have announcements this morning. Susan is going to, to do that, but before she does, um, the Whitney family has uh, an announcement, and that is that we found out that we are going to be grandparents. And so that is answered prayer as I've been pining over Avery back there and saying that I've, we've known for several weeks now, but we were sworn to secrecy. So yes, your pastor can keep a secret. Uh, it's been hard, but uh, this baby is going to be here sometime around September, uh, Tracy's birthday around the 29th, or it could be Kelly uh, uh, on the 6th. So we're very excited about uh, being grandparents. So Susan, we'll let you take it away. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to see you. Um, the announcements are basically here in the things. So I'll just go over them. Uh, this month, our, our financial support will go, our mission's financial support will go to Robin's Nest, which is a really nice organization. They uh, are, they, there's two, two facilities, one in Huntington Beach and one in Newport Beach. And um, I know that I've been to the one in Huntington Beach and they, their goal is to support these students that are kind of at risk or um, they have food, they have clothing, they have lots of stuff that they can give these kids and their families to keep them in school and to, to have a safe place for them to gather. So any support you can give them would be really, really appreciated and, and well used. Um, Sit and Be Fit continues uh, on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. Uh, during Lent, uh, we're still continuing with our Bible study on 1 Samuel. And during Lent, we're serving lunches, so um, feel free to come and enjoy the Bible study and enjoy some free lunch. Um, <clears throat> on the first Wednesday of each month, which is March 6th this time at 11 o'clock, uh, a group of members and friends gather to offer prayer and have a prayer meeting. So if you're in need of prayer, if you feel like you can offer prayer for someone and you have a few minutes, stop in and and participate in that group. Our council meeting will be on uh, Saturday, March 9th at 9.30, and uh, we encourage everyone who, is, um, who wants to come to be there. We need uh, worship assistance, it's always a need, and, and the, the help of all the people who are participating is really, really appreciated. So if you're able to to do anything. Ashley will find something for you to do. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> so if, if there's some way that you feel you can help the church, um, uh, talk to Ashley and she'll find something to do. Um, we have uh, 
a spot on the bulletin to offer your praise reports. You know, we're never shy about going to God and um, asking him for our needs, but it's important, I think, that we uh, offer our praise as well. And that if we ask people for prayers for our needs, it's, it's a really good thing to, to give back some, uh, to, you know, to let them know that their prayers are answered, their prayers were heard, and that you're grateful for them. Um, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services will be held on Thursday, March 28th, with a soup supper at 4 o'clock, followed by a, a service at 5 o'clock. And we've already checked the calendars, um, and that means that uh, everybody can be home by dark. Okay, so don't let that stop you. And then on Good Friday, our services will be held on the 29th at noon. And again, if you're able to help, there's a sign up in the back. And the one other thing related to Easter is um, this year we'll be having the flower cross again. So if any of you have calla lilies in your yard or access to calla lilies, um, please bring them to the church on, the, on, on Saturday the 30th um, early, like before 9 o'clock, Karen? Before 9 o'clock. And that way they can be used in the, to make the, the cross beautiful. The calla lilies really kind of make it. So if you have access to them, they'll be appreciated. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daryl. Our opening hymn is Alas and Did My Savior Bleed on page 98.
Dr. Abel. We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 17, and can be found on page 118 in the Pew Bible. So this reading is about the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreign, foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We'll read Psalm 19 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. This is the Psalm of David. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, 
they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into the world, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless innocent of great transgression. May these words of my heart and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 18 through 31, and can be found on page 1772 in the Pew Bible. This reading is titled, Christ's the wisdom and power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demanded signs and Greeks looked for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that were not 
uh, and the things that were not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the second chapter. Our gospel this morning comes from John chapter 2 verses 13 through 25 and can be found on page 1648 of your pew Bible. John records, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem and in the temple courts he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves. And others were sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords, and he drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers, and he overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple that he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said, and then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs that he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what it was in each person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So, this is important, so, so hear me. Hear me now. If we're not careful, 
we can get kind of an impression that Jesus is two different people. What I mean by that, in last week's gospel, in Mark 8, we read that uh, Peter, or that he rebuked Peter, and he said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And then at another time, we read about Jesus that he went on a rant against the scribes and the Pharisees. And among other things, he called them <laughs> children of hell, blind fools. He called them whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. He called them serpents, vipers, and murderers. And then today, in the gospel, we read about Jesus braiding a whip. And he's driving out the merchants. And he's tossing tables. Now if we contrast that to this Jesus, there is a, there's a Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount. You remember that Jesus? On the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew records, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Jesus further said, and if anyone forces you to go just one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it, it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So on the one hand, in today's gospel, it seems like we got kind of a, a Chuck Norris kind of guy that opens up that can and, and just whoops on him. And we have Jesus who, who, you know, the Jesus who comes to cause chaos in the temple. Then on the other hand, the teachings from the Sermon of the Mount seem to show us kind of a Mr. Rogers neighborhood, kind of let's all get along neighbor kind of Jesus. A Jesus who wants everyone to love and to get along. A, a person could become quite confused about Jesus and his teachings and his work if we are not careful to understand what exactly was happening here in today's gospel. So a little bit of background information is warranted um, to help us understand what the reasoning was, what it meant to the people that witnessed this, and what it means to us today. So buckle up. In the temple, on the grounds, was a very special place, and it was called the Court of Gentiles. And while there were many places in the temple that were 
totally off limits to Gentiles. This was one area of the temple that was set aside for Gentiles, non-Jews, people like you and me. Anyone who loved God, regardless of his origin, could come to the court of the Gentiles and worship God there. And at the dedication of the first temple, Solomon praised these words as recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. He said, When a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a far country for the sake of your great name and your great mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when he comes and prays toward this house, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name. Further, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 56, he said, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. So the court of the Gentiles was a place where anyone could come and find solitude and peace in the presence of God. Now, the only thing is that when Jesus, when he stepped into the court of the Gentiles, it sounded like and it smelled like more of a stockyard than it did a place of solitude and peace. You see, God's holy house seemed more like a shopping mall on the day after Thanksgiving than a place of prayer and meditation. The banking and merchandising were keeping God's gifts away from God's people. And one of the many things that we can learn from the Bible is that God takes action. When someone or something prevents his people from receiving his gifts, Well, we know that Jesus is God, right? And we should expect Jesus to take action when his people are not able to receive his gifts. Jesus spoke against the scribes and the Pharisees for giving people their opinions instead of God's gifts. Jesus scolded Peter because Peter was trying to stop Jesus from giving the greatest gift of all. Jesus took action in the temple because his people were not able. They were being impeded from receiving his gifts. 
So when God's people are not able to receive God's gifts, Jesus responds. He takes action against those who block the gifts. And Jesus warned those who would block his gifts with these words recorded in Mark chapter 9. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, given the serious nature of this warning, we really should examine ourselves on a regular basis. Have we ever prevented God's people from receiving God's gifts in God's house? How sad it is to read in today's gospel. It really is sad. The sad thing is the reaction of the Jewish authorities. Did you hear what they said? You know, they, they should have been ecstatic or at least grateful that Jesus cleared out the merchants and the money changers. They should have never let this situation develop in the first place. When the first vendor applied for permission to sell his wares in the temple courts, they should have said no. Instead, these guys, they got angry with Jesus. And that's sad. The merchants were profaning the temple, and they, the temple authorities, should have known better, questioned the one person who was trying to set things right. Wow. The temple authorities should have praised Jesus for making it possible for the Gentiles to receive God's gifts in the temple. But instead, they began to cross-examine him. They said, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus responded with one of those answers that no one understood until after he rose from the dead. You remember he answered them this, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. And John himself tells us that it was only after Jesus rose from the dead that the disciples understood that Jesus meant himself when he said, destroy this temple. In short, Jesus was saying this. He says, destroy me and I will raise from the dead in three days. And with these words, Jesus is saying, I am the Christ. I am the Son of God. In Christ's words, they're more than a figure of speech. He is the ultimate temple. After all, the temple is the place where God makes himself known to his people. And Jesus is God in flesh. So you should tell the kids, God with skin on. And when Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up, he was doing more than giving a sign to the temple authorities. Jesus cleared out the temple with a, with a whip made of cords. 
and these words, destroy this, tel- this temple, well, they tell us that he used something much more precious to cleanse us from sin. You see, he allowed the authorities to abuse his temple, the temple of his body. And we know that they arrested him. We know that they beat him. And we know that after all that, they nailed him to a tree. They did everything that they could, that they could think of, to destroy the temple of his body. And in this way, it produced the cleansing agent that cleans away all of our sin. It is his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death that delivers us. Jesus also said this, in three days I will raise it up. This is the sign of the resurrection. It is in his resurrection from the dead that we have the sure and certain hope that our sins are gone. And as the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts, we know that Jesus has moved into us and we are now temples ourselves temples of God. Now Paul wrote a letter to several letters, but uh, here's two, three excerpts from his letter to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says this, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And further he says, God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And again, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? So, the God-man who took action to cleanse his temple made of stone has promised that he will purify our temples. He will purify our temples of flesh. And just as he brought his temple back from the dead, so also he promises that he will come one day to raise all of our temples back to life. And on that day, he will give eternal life in both body and soul to all who believe in him. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, whether here or elsewhere, to praise your holy name and appeal to your mercies by our prayers perfected through your Holy Spirit and by the grace of your Son, Jesus, who stands as our Redeemer beside you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of our blessings that we so often have taken for granted. We often give you thanks for our living standards, our freedoms, and medical care in the United States in our prayers, but rarely wonder what life would be like without the blessings you have provided. We need only look around the rest of the world to see how much you have given us, yet we have become complacent and we have developed a sense of entitlement in those blessings. What's worse is we have passed this attitude along to future generations. We think we deserve what you have so generously provided. We are so very sorry, Lord, and we know that what you have provided, you can withdraw without notice. We are currently witnessing the loss of many blessings we have enjoyed, including our very freedoms of movement, availability of unlimited food supplies, homes and shelters, educational opportunities, and the safety and security of our society. The wealth we so often worship without realizing it is being taken away faster than we could imagine. Instead of worshiping you, we spend our time worshiping recreation activities, generating financial income, or just relaxing without a thought to your grace. We are so sorry, Holy Father, Almighty God, for failing to recognize your providence your creative and omnipotent nature, your saving grace, and for failing to place you as our highest priority in all things. The lessons you teach your children are hard and can last a very long time by our measure. Your Holy Scripture is full of such lessons you provided your chosen people, the Israelites. We plead for your mercy and we learn, as we learn the lessons you teach quickly and that you save us from this time of trial. 
We pray for our fellow citizens and family who may face the prospect of lost jobs, their income, their health, and maybe their homes. You know that many people around the earth are in despair because of war or the threat of war. Many are hungry or destitute. Please save us, Father, so that we may continue to help those truly in need. We pray for our president, congressional representatives, senators, and judges. We pray for our elected representatives that they would place the safety and security of our citizens above their personal greed for power and divisiveness. We pray that you would illuminate the foolishness and self-centeredness of those politicians who only seek to destroy and spew hatred rather than work as one to protect our country. We pray for an end to the fear-mongering and lies in our news media. Rather than reporting facts, they seek to foster division, hate, and panic among our citizens. Dear God Almighty, Please bring shame and silence to those whose only purpose is to foster chaos, worry, and despair. Only you, Father, have the power to silence Satan and his agents and strip his power from amongst us. We pray for the safety of our military, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who face danger every day. Please shield them all from harm as they perform their missions to serve others. Guide us all to help teach our children around us that there are consequences for actions taken or ignored, and that social media is not a good place to learn life's valuable lessons. We pray for the faithful of Reformation Lutheran Church and Victory Outreach. Shield us from harm and help us to serve one another. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of a sense of humor. More than ever, we need to laugh in the face of misery knowing that you're with us and keep moving forward. Thank you for the gift of laughter. In spite of all the evil facing us every day, please, Holy Spirit, give us thankful hearts and minds. Let us trust in God as never before and know that he loves us even when we disobey his commands and forget that he is in charge, not us. Let us love the gift of his son, Jesus, as never before. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy the paschal feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant shed in my blood given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrament of the altar is for all who believe and profess, proclaim publicly their, that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And if that's your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
What promises does God keep? Amen. Well, now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our sending song this morning is The Cross of God, I Glory, on page 104.